The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time for a Monday expert, and today it is Lucy Wolf, who's a sleep consultant and author of The Baby Sleep Solution, which is always available in print. Lucy, good morning and welcome. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Now, uh, the questions are coming in thick and fast, and we'll go straight to them. Uh, We have a three-year-old, four in October. She's a good sleeper, but in the last four months, bedtime has become a nightmare. She's doing everything to avoid bedtime. We can get her into bed, but then it's 15 stories, a thousand questions, just everything to avoid us leaving her room. We've cut out screen time before bed. We're doing our best to tire her out with exercise, but to no avail. Any help would be greatly appreciated from Enda in Mayo. And a very common issue with this particular age group, because, of course, they're developing in lots of different ways. You know, the greater sense of self, independence, understanding that they're what they say, you know, they can say no and not do it. So I think one of the best things to do here is to begin to separate the bedtime routine from actually getting into bed. So what they've described there is they've done, you know, throughout the course of the day, they've lots of activity, fresh air, balanced diet. But what they also have is the bedtime routine in the bed, which then makes it really hard to decide when do the lights go out? So what I recommend alongside looking at timing in terms of getting to bedtime before she becomes too overtired, having an area in the bedroom, I might call it a bedtime zone, where we go to this space. In this space, we do a really comprehensive bedtime routine of which she is hugely a contributor. Take her in, dim the lights, close the curtains, help her get into her pyjamas, allow her to pick which two books or three books we're going to use. And they do get used to the the sequence. This is going to be the sequence. You're going to have your bath, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You put your jammies on, you read two stories, that's it. it. Have a beginning a middle and an end but let it be within a really loving context lots of one-to-one time eye contact physical contact all outside of the bed finish it off with like an I love you ritual but then have it so that when the lights go out we escort you to the bed and now we climb into bed so that there's a distinction between the two activities preparation and getting to sleep and then I will always introduce my stay and support approach to help her stay in the bed understand when the lights go out maybe no more talking but we're still available to you physically, emotionally, and then gently phase the parent out over time. Our four-month-old can't sleep himself. He needs to be breastfed to sleep. He only sleeps in our bed with us. We're worried we'll find it impossible to move him into his own bed when the time is right. Any advice? Well, first of all, only the parent can decide when the time is right, except I would suggest that at four months, I make huge changes to how the child experiences their sleep. So if right now that baby is used to being fed to sleep, you know, and is co-sleeping and parents are making an informed, you know, decision around that in terms of safety, I would generally suggest to try and avoid making changes much before six months. And when we get to that age, you can, of course, before then be working behind the scenes, looking at regular wake times, ensuring that baby is well rested throughout the course of the day in terms of their nap need, that already we have bedtime rituals in place. But then beyond six months, when the parent feels it is right in terms of how they, when they want to change things, again, I might begin to offer the feed earlier 
in the bedtime routine. Yeah. So earlier in the bedtime sequence. So at the moment it's happening at the end of the bedtime routine sequence. We could maybe adjust it earlier and start to integrate other items, book sharing, cuddles, in, you know, into interaction with the parent. And then, of course, if we're transitioning from anything, that could be feeding in this instance. Yeah. It can't be rocking or hand-holding. Again, I use my stay and support approach for this because what I want when children are having change in the context of their sleep profile is that they are responsively supported by the parents. So they're not leaving them to cry it out alone or unattended crying or cry strategies, Pat, that they are helped. The parent is the conduit, Um, if that makes any sense. Now, people have, you know, their own accommodation situations, but uh, sometimes uh, the baby will move from bed to maybe the cot in the same room. Yep. Sometimes into another room. Correct. If you've got the option, which is best? Well, the health agenda suggests that we room share for at least the first six months. So that's that first of all, we're going to room share. Beyond that, I generally encourage parents to make their own decisions. Depends on A, what is their vision for their child's sleep? What is their spatial relic? If there is space for a child to move into their own, we do tend to see that some children sleep better in their own space because often we disturb them and they disturb us. But rather than anything along those lines, I'm inclined to say what feels right for the parent themselves. And then if we're making that transition, I always spend lots of non-sleep time in the bedroom that your child is going to sleep in. I always do the bedtime routine in the bedroom itself that they're going to sleep in. So rather than doing it like in the living space or going to the parents' bedroom and then going to the nursery, I like a logical and linear approach so that we have good feelings, associations Mm. around sleep. Does a child ever decide, I I really want out of here. I don't want to sleep between these two anymore. I want out... Or is that wrench from the the warmth and comfort of having the parents in the bed beside them? Is that just a, a huge wrench Certainly for the child? Certainly, an older child. May, may be inclined to make their own decision at some point in time. I guess for me as a practitioner, I generally work with families who the baby other child has not made that decision yeah. for themselves. And then the parents themselves are deciding, you know, where do we want our child to sleep and what feels right? You know, what's the best solution for our family? Now, how to know when a three-year-old is ready to drop the nap? Oh, yeah. So a lot of young children up to the age of three will have a daytime sleep needs around, you know, up to age of three. There is a cohort of children that's still need a daytime sleep and they'll show you that by you know acting tired during the day unable to get through the day until bedtime it's a real developmental biological sort of dynamic where they transition from having a day need to now being able to capture their sleep in one setting so actually mood and behaviour determines whether a nap is still required but also what happens to parents Pat is they end up in a situation where the young child still looks like they need the nap but with the nap bedtime takes hours and of course they keep needing the nap because they're not going to bed till really late at night as a result and so again we look to seeing when we make that nap transition first of all skipping it skipping it every other day or we also see that skipping of bedtime and we make adjustments accordingly Mm. Uh, How to stop my five-year-old having a bottle of milk in bed Okay, and I like this one because it's we can do it with their engagement. Does that make sense? So they're used to taking a bottle upstairs or when the bedtime routine is finishing, drinking it while they're having the bedtime routine. So what I like the idea of is that once they've had their dinner, we offer them, you know, a bottle or a drink 
completely separate to sleep. So downstairs, lights on, day clothes, nothing to do with sleep. And then actually I might encourage him to put the bottle into the dishwasher or the sink and say goodnight to it. And then I might take him upstairs, brush the teeth, wash the face and the hands. Then I might take him into the space. And remember that bedtime area that we created for the three or four year old? I might do that as well. And then what's important when we take away that we replace. So we might end up needing to replace that with parent support and availability temporarily as he acclimatises. Okay. Often they but may But he still say, has his, his bottle, you know, but it's still earlier. Has it, exactly, it's so that we don't like then. them to have losses. It's just repositioning yeah. things. And they often then say, what about my bottle? And then we remind them, oh, the bottles have gone to bed. Do you remember you put it yeah. into the sink? Okay. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um can you please tell this wonderful woman that our twins Kathleen and Jolene are the envy of old they turned to recently. They pretty much beg us to go to bed for the nap and at bedtime, all thanks to Lucy's plan and help. So, so take nice a bow, Lucy. Uh, our daughter is nearly two and a half. She's never been a great sleeper, but recently she's waking multiple times during the night and gets more and more upset until one of us comes into her. She insists we stay with her until she's asleep and even then wakes up when we try to sneak out. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes if we think about the waking often as the child's communication that they like it to be done slightly differently. Does that make any sense that, you know, what they're currently doing doesn't work for the child either. Okay. But she's waking frequently. She's looking for them. And it doesn't work for, the you know, anyone in the family, it would seem. The first thing is, if she is looking for parental support overnight, it is likely parental support exists in some fashion at bedtime itself. And I might begin to uncouple that slowly. So, so that we would do a lot of what we spoke about this morning, look at the timing, introduce the bedtime routine and then work on the parent maybe being not as, you know, phase them out of the context of her sleep when she's getting to sleep. Now, the multiple of wakings that she's experiencing probably indicate a high level of fatigue. So we make assumptions around this age group when they're waking like this and she probably needs a much earlier bedtime. An earlier bedtime for me as a practitioner, as we're making changes, could be as early as aiming to be asleep for seven o'clock. Okay. okay? to dilute the fatigue that exists right now and then slowly helping her to get back to sleep herself in her cot or her bed, but still with the parents' support. I'd even recommend for the first week to 10 days sharing the bedroom with her overnight so that we take that hypervigilance out of her. So, you know, at the moment she's waking as soon as they, to use their words, sneak out. So now we have this hypervigilant dynamic for herself. If the parents committed to staying we could calm all that down and then slowly again okay. phase ourselves out. And the out. final one, and it has to be brief, I'm afraid, why does my child sleepwalk? Well, again, this often is a phenomenon that, uh, you know, it kind of comes through genetically predisposed. Like, so if the child is sleepwalking, the, you know, one of the parents might, or the sibling may be doing that as well. Um, again, overtiredness sometimes can make us a little bit more expo- um exposed to like sleepwalking or um, sleep talking. But generally speaking, it's just a case of making the space safe, making sure that, you know, if you know you have a sleepwalker, that they're not going to come to any harm and then to, you know, guide them back to their sleep space. Okay, very good. Lucy, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Lucy Wolf, sleep consultant and author of The Baby Sleep Solution. Uh, Thank you very much. And that's all we've time for. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the News Talk app part by Go Loud. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.